Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. So go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on the stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choice to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on Election Day. This election matters. So make sure you are ready and you vote and you vote informed. So visit go to ballot.org, enter your address to make sure that you vote and vote informed. And welcome to another episode of Politics and Brown Liquor, the PBL podcast. Your host here, E. Vandervliet, with his trusted canine co-host, Woody. Woody, how you doing? Woody says wolf, folks. And with that one wolf, Woody has an ask, an ask he asks all the time. And thank you for all of you that have actually complied to Woody's ask. Uh, Woody asks you to go to our website, thepblpodcast.com. Click on our YouTube link and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We are growing our YouTube channel. You're going to see some videos on there, and you want to be alerted when those come through. All right, we have a lot of news coming out. You know, we just had the vice presidential debate. We've got uh, news of the next debate. Uh, the commission want the presidential debate commission wants it to be virtual. Trump has declined on that. We've got information coming out from the last two debates that I'm going to go over and show you who, who the real liars are. Nancy Pelosi, what is she trying to pull with this 25th Amendment? We're going to talk about that. Mike Pence has been ordered back to Washington. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we've got a ton of stuff. Did you know Biden was caught plagiarizing again. We're going to talk about that. Talk about the debate that was supposed to happen and big tech. What is big tech trying to do? I talked a little bit about this, but we're going to get a little deeper into that. And then a couple of other stories in the news. But first, let's start with Michigan. If you haven't heard the story already, the FBI uncovered a plot uh, and have arrested, I believe it was six people, uh, to overthrow the governor of Michigan, uh, Governor Meg Whitmer. Now, <clears throat> if you heard about this, you, you, you heard or it seemed like this was a right wing plot to overthrow the governor of Michigan. Here's a headline from Gateway Pundit. Governor Whitmer, media caught in another lie, anarchists arrested for plot to kidnap and kill Whitmer, hates President Trump. Uh, Trump is a tyrant. OK, so that's what the guy who allegedly, allegedly allegedly, because we don't know, was going to overthrow the governor of Michigan. All right, so let's unpack this a little bit. And this is and the reason I'm starting with this story is to show you just how absurd the election season is coming. Well, we got 26 days left until the election. And both sides are doing things that give you insight as to what's really going on. So we have this plot from the uncovered by the FBI of these six militia, that's what the media called them, militia people, to overthrow Governor Whitmer. Immediately, immediately, the left starts going crazy and starts tying this to some right-wing plot that this is because of, in fact, Governor Whitmer uh, mentioned, let's see if I find this quote, that this is all because of Trump's rhetoric. Whitmer immediately blamed the plot on President Trump telling the Proud Boys to stand back and stand by. 
Now, the Proud Boys has been getting a lot of flack. They are not a white supremacist group, okay? They are not. Whether you like them or not, it doesn't matter. They simply are not a white supremacist group because if they were they wouldn't have elevated a black cuban to the higher levels of their organization okay they are simply a group of people that are fed up like a lot of us with all this rioting protesting going on in the name of antifa in the name of blm and you know right or wrong they've made a decision the proud boys have to get into the thick of things and now the media <clears throat> is painting them as white supremacists because that's what the media does because that's what the democrats do it's all about how do you paint a narrative to where people will look at this proud boys and go oh look at them they're just bad and evil and white supremacists remember the media doesn't even allow you the the public to know that trump has denounced white supremacy since for a long time we know august 14th of 2017 he denounced white supremacy and these type of hate groups but it's not good enough for the media so this was a complete farce on the media side. Yes, the FBI did uncover a plot by these six people to overthrow the governor of Michigan. But no, they weren't some right-wing group. In fact, uh, if you dig a little deeper, and I waited for this story to come out a little bit before I started to talk about it, is the, the guy, the alleged leader of this group, He's an anti-Trumper. So uh, listen to this. Trump is not your friend, dude. And it's, it amazes me that people actually like believe that when he's shown over and over and over again that he's a tyrant. Every single person that works for government is your enemy, dude. Yeah, so that's, that's a right-wing supremacist that... Uh, that is aligned with Trump to overthrow the governor of Michigan because he hates Trump. This is how ridiculous this is. Now you got to ask yourself, why, why does the media do this? Well, because remember, this is a base election. Everything right now is about the election on November 3rd. This is a base election. Both sides need to get their base out. Now the media, the mainstream media is in the tank for the Democrats. They just simply are. And there's a lot of ample evidence that shows you that 95% of mainstream, mainstream media reporters are Democrats. So in, in this case right here, what are they doing? Again, they're trying to show you how bad the other side is. Because, so you got to vote. You got to get out there and vote. I mean, Governor Whitmer salaciously ties this to Trump. No evidence whatsoever. Actually, there's evidence that says, no, this isn't tied to Trump in any way, shape, or form. But yet, this is what's going on. So Governor Whitmer trying to tie in Trump's rhetoric to these militia, air quotes, militia group to overthrow the governor of Michigan. Now, why do I bring this up first? Because this is leading up to a lot of things that are going on in the media right now. The Democrats are in full-on panic. Now, I'm, you know, you got to ask yourself, why are the Democrats in full-on panic? Uh, Biden is leading in the polls. As I've said before, he's actually leading in the trends in the battleground states. So why, why do we have this rhetoric that's starting to ramp up like this? 
So Nancy Pelosi yesterday, this is kind of feed into this too. Uh, yesterday at her week or her daily or her weekly press conference, I don't know if it's a daily or weekly. Here in the post I'm looking at, it says weekly, but she did this yesterday. Uh, she said, come here tomorrow. We're going to talk. We'll be talking about the 25th Amendment. Okay. Now the 25th Amendment, if you're not familiar, is an amendment to remove a sitting president if, due to their incapacity of some sort, whether it be mental, physical, health-related, doesn't matter. The 25th Amendment outlines a way for the President of the United States to be removed, but let's say if he's not mentally fit. Now, you know this is where Nancy Pelosi is leading. So here's what she said. This is her press conference yesterday. Could you just give us a sense? I mean, the President pulled away. Mnuchin seems eager to do something. I mean, give us your prospects here of where you think things are, given your talks with Mnuchin and the president and McConnell's, I, I guess, hesitancy to, or, or disagreement about the larger package. Could you just give us what your prospects are at this moment? Well, I don't know what the prospects are when we hear people saying I'm, I'm young and I'm a perfect, perfect specimen instead of addressing the fact that what 50,000 people were, uh, in fact, reports being affected yesterday, nearly a thousand people died. What are we talking about here? Tomorrow, by the way, tomorrow, come here tomorrow. We're going to be talking about the 25th Amendment, but not to take attention away from the subject we have now. So why? Why is, why is she going to be talking about the 25th Amendment? What, what is Nancy Pelosi plotting? Now, here's what the left thinks. The left are going just crazy about this. Uh, <clears throat> Mike Pence was flying, supposed to fly to Indiana on Friday, and he was told to come back to the White House. So the left, you go on the social media, there's those idiotic leftists out there who everything is on their sleeves emotionally, who have zero capacity for logic and reasoning and critical thinking, no intellectual curiosity whatsoever. They start jumping to conclusions. So they hear on one end Nancy Pelosi talking about the 25th Amendment, and then they hear on the other end that Mike Pence has turned his plane around. And they're starting to put that together as if, uh-oh, Pence, because by the way, in order for the 25th Amendment to work, Pence has to be a part of it. Pence is going to have to be one, because what happens in the 25th Amendment is two-thirds of the president's cabinet come together and say, yeah, this, they write a letter to the, the Speaker of the House, and they say this president has lost the capacity to lead, to, be, to perform his duties according to the Constitution of the United States of America. Uh, so we, therefore, believe he should be removed. So the left now is jumping to conclusions like crazy that that's what's happening. They're, they're sitting there in glee, and they're all a Twitter. Yes, I use that word, a Twitter. That, the, that Pence now is on their side. That he canceled his flight to go back so they can enact the 25th Amendment. Remember, Nancy said she's going to talk about it. Why are they in such a panic? Why is the left in such a panic? I mean, Biden's supposedly up in the polls. Why is the left so beside themselves with the 25th Amendment and everything else? Here's why. And I mentioned this the other day. Um, this is from Gateway Pendant. Huge. This is the, the headline. Huge. Chief of Staff Mark Meadows announces President Trump has requested declassification of critical Spygate documents, including Danchenko interviews. All right. So the Chief of Staff for President 
Trump. Mark Meadows joined Fox and Friends this morning to give an update on President Trump's health and recovery. During the interview, Meadows announced President Trump has ordered him to release requested documents from the deep state spygate scandal. Mark Meadows is referring to the classified interviews with former Brookings, Brooks, Brookings Institute researcher Igo Denchenko, who is the source for the bogus Steele dossier. So this, <coughs> excuse me, this is why they're panicking. Because all the, here, here's where what we know that's going to come out. There's more that potentially can come out, but here's what we know. We know now, based on evidence that we're seeing, that Hillary Clinton concocted the Russian scheme. That Hillary Clinton, somebody in her staff, concocted the scheme and she approved it. We know that she used the hacking of the DNC computers, by the way, which the FBI has never in, uh, inspected. We know she was using that hacking as a way to say that Trump is colluding with Russia to influence the election. So she needed something to knock Trump down because Trump was doing very well against her. They wanted Trump because they thought Trump was a joke, and then it blew up in their face, and so now they doubted something else. So we know that Hillary Clinton approved the plan to create the fake Russia hoax to damage President Trump's candidacy for the president of the United States. We also now know, based on a handwritten note from John Brennan, the director of the CIA, that he informed Obama of this plan. And he informed that Hillary approved this plan. So we, we know that the Steele dossier is completely bogus. We know it is a fabrication. It is made up. There is nothing of substance in there. But yet, they, they don't want you to know that. So we know all this is happening. And now with, with Trump, President of the United States has the power to classify and declassify just about anything he wants to declassify, declassify, right? So if he starts declassifying all these memos and it goes all the way back to Obama, the, the left are in panic, ladies and gentlemen. They're in full-on panic. Is this the October surprise? The 25th Amendment from what Nancy Pelosi is talking about is not the October surprise. It's just not. So the left knows this. And I mentioned this on a previous podcast. Here's why they're in panic. Even if Joe Biden wins, <clears throat> and let's say he does, all right, let's say Joe Biden wins the, the presidency of the United States of America on November 3rd, November 4th, whichever day. Let's say it even takes three days because of all the minutia that is, that is tied to this election right now. President Donald J. Trump remains president up until inauguration of Joe Biden. That means up until January 20th. So that means all of no, the rest of November after the election, all of December and the majority of January, Trump remains the president of the United States of America. That is what they're scared of. So they need, by hook or crook, they need to do whatever they can to shut this man down so all of this doesn't get out because they are scared about what potentially he would do. He would do a scorched earth policy if all this happened because what the Democrats are doing is malicious. I mean, it is malicious. They can't win a fair fight. So they have to cheat, steal, lie. I mean, it's absolutely unconscionable, this election cycle and what's happening. And if the mainstream media would do their job, we wouldn't have this problem at all. This, this just would not be an issue. Biden would not be leading in the polls. 
uh, Trump would not have to be talking about declassifying all these memos. I'm glad he is, though, to be honest with you. We, the American people, we should know this. But they're scared. They're not scared of the election results if Trump should win. My opinion, and this is strictly my opinion, I have not heard this anywhere else. I believe they're scared of the election results if Trump should lose. So they're trying to lay ground of how to silence this man. That's why Nancy Pelosi is bringing up the 25th Amendment. That's why this is happening. Now, why was Pence turned back? I don't know. They didn't announce what it was. All they said was that uh, <clears throat> Pence, Mike Pence, um, this is from Indy Star. Pre Vice President Mike Pence postponed Friday appearance to vote in Indianapolis. Uh, Vice President Mike Pence has canceled his Friday appearance in Indianapolis, where he planned to vote at the Indianapolis City Council County building. His office did not provide an explanation when asked why. His office said the trip would be rescheduled soon. <coughs> Uh, people spoke at a rally Thursday in Nevada for President Trump's re-election campaign. He flew out Thursday afternoon from Nevada and landed just after 2 p.m. in Phoenix. He is scheduled to speak at a rally in the suburbs this evening. So the left, again, is trying to tie this in. That Pence flew back because uh, they're lining him up for the 25th Amendment. That's not so. So tr what's going on right now behind the scenes with the Trump campaign uh, and even the Biden campaign? The Biden campaign, I think, is a little more obvious, but the Trump campaign they're pretty shrewd. So Pence probably was flown back for some other strategic reason based on the election results. Possibly, and again, I'm not saying I'm right about this, possibly because of what is about to be declassified. So we'll know in the next coming days. Now, a lot of other leftists out there are saying it's because Pence has uh, contracted COVID-19. Well, they just announced yesterday that they've been tested yesterday. Pence and his wife tested yesterday, and they were not positive. Now, another thing that the left is uh, worried about, too, is all these people in Trump's circle that have contracted COVID-19 are not getting sick. That's also bothersome for them. So rest, rest assured here, this is not over. The election, you know, the, the polls, I'm a little concerned about the polls, and I know, I know, I know, don't trust the polls, don't trust the polls. Woody, right? Woody says it all the time, Wolf, and that Wolf says, don't trust the polls. I don't trust the polls, because pollsters, they, they ask questions to get a desired result all the time. But as the election gets closer, the polls tighten up, because pollsters need to have some kind of shred of dignity, some kind of shred of... Um, uh, credibility. So the polls generally start to tighten as you get closer and closer to the election. So if the polls tighten and they're still in Biden's favor, I'm a little concerned about that. But this election is unlike any other election I've ever seen. I mean, this is, it, this is a base election. There are very few people down the middle. The, the politicians, Trump and Biden, at this point in time, are not chasing the undecideds. They just simply are not chasing the other side. They are chasing their base. They are doing everything they can to get their base out. Now, Trump's base is enthusiastic for Trump. I mean, even in California and leftist liberal cities all over the nation, people are flying their Trump flags. There's Trump rallies. I mean, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. So the enthusiasm for this president is huge. It's absolutely huge from his base. Now, the hate from the left for this president is also absolutely huge. And they are not enthusiastic about Biden. They are enthusiastic about orange man bad. So how many of them 
will come out to vote against a candidate. Now, you know, a lot of us did that in 2016 for Hillary Clinton. A lot of people voted for Trump as a vote against Hillary Clinton. So is that where we're at? Are we at that kind of election now where it's a vote against Donald Trump? Is that enough? It was enough to defeat Hillary Clinton. But there were a lot of people excited about Trump, too, uh, in 16, but not like now. So here's my concern. And I think here's where my concern is dispelled. Yes, I am dispelling my own concerns. My concern is the polling. My concern right now is in the battleground states, Biden is starting to trend better than Hillary Clinton was at the same time. Not by much, not by much, very little, right? One of those states is Florida. But I think Florida is in for Trump. I think Florida is going to go for Trump because Trump won Florida by three and a half percent, I think, in 2016. And right now, the trends are still that he could win Florida by one percent. Doesn't matter. It's only one vote. He needs to be over the majority. He wins the state. Doesn't matter how he wins. It doesn't matter by what percent. He can win it by 0.1 percent. Doesn't matter. So, it, and I, we wanted to win it by over point half a percent because I think that's how you uh, eliminate a runoff, but, or not a runoff, but a recount. So it doesn't matter how he wins. It just as long as it matters, he wins the state. So in 2016, you didn't have the enthusiasm you have for Trump as you have now. So that's the, the difference. That, that's the, the factor here that is different from 2016. The enthusiasm for this president is unlike anything I've ever seen, as I've mentioned. So I think that is what offsets the worry that I have in the polls. Because even in, as I said, leftist cities, I have a friend in Austin, Texas, very far left city, right? And he's saying he sees Trump signs everywhere when he's out in the bars talking with people and he's talking to people that were that did vote for Democrat. They're excited. It's all anecdotal. I get it. I know it. But, you know, there's an enthusiasm level here for this president. And then you've got Pence and Trump in their debates. And again, I mentioned this in previous shows that one of the strategies may have been to chase away Biden's base from Biden. They disouted Biden and Kamala Harris as being against fracking. You know, I, I put that on yesterday's show uh, at the debate. Harris said, we we are not going to ban fracking. But on the campaign trail, both have said they're going to ban fracking. Uh, so did Trump and Pence do enough to chase away that far left extreme base for Biden and Harris enough to where they sit out the election? That is is the strategy of this election. And that's what both campaigns are doing right now. The Biden campaign is frothing up their base to get so angry that they're going to go out and vote because orange man bad. They got to get him out. Biden's not campaigning as an enthusiasm campaign for himself. Biden is campaigning on the evils of Donald J. Trump. That's the only way they can win. That's the absolute only way they can win. So will it work? I don't know. I don't know. Um, when we, on the second segment, I'm going to talk about the, um, a little more about the debates. There's some more information that's come out about debates, all the lies that both Harris and Biden did, and then a couple other things. So to wrap up this segment, let's bring up a couple of stories here that uh, I mentioned this one yesterday. I did a couple of stories on how professional athletics, our ratings are dropping like flies. USA Today did an article trying to explain it as because of the COVID-19, how people have different habits now. That's why they're not watching sports, which is complete BS. I mean, 
this country has been a sports enthusiastic country for generations. And now all of a sudden, because people are locked up at home and there hadn't been as much sports on TV. And when they are sports, it's too much for people. That's what this this author of this USA Day piece is trying to say and trying to do everything and anything he can to say this is not because of the social justice minutia that's been going on. You turn on the TV, NBA is a big one where BLM is everywhere. And you turn on the NFL and you got the guy, one, Jacob Blake on his helmet. I mean, Jacob Blake, a rapist. He put his name on the helmet. So the sports, in, uh, and it wasn't just NFL, NBA, it was hockey. I mean, I showed a picture, saw a picture of a surfer that had BLM, Black Lives Matter, written on the bottom of her surfboard. It's across the board that professional sports have glommed on to this social justice warrior nonsense. And I do say it's nonsense. And let me explain why before I get into the story I'm about to give you. Is this is not what they're supposed to do. Now, Antifa are a terrorist organization. They're thugs. And they're there to disrupt the society, if you will. Their whole purpose is to try to get people so afraid that they're going to, again, orange man bad. But, you know, it's a, it, I mean, Antifa is doing all of their protests in leftist cities. So they're supposed to be anti-fascist. And remember, anti-fascists are communists. I don't care what anybody says. Go look at the history. Now, you know, you'll have idiots go, but anti-fascism in the name, you must be a fascist if you don't like Antifa. No, Antifa were communists, came out of the 1930s. They were the German Communist Party to fight fascism. It doesn't mean they're good. It's that whole, what, two negatives don't equal a positive? No, anti-fascists are communists. Fascists are fascists. Both are bad. So Antifa is attacking all of our leftist-run cities. Why? Why is this happening? To disrupt what's going on and to get people to doubt the leadership of this president of the United States. It's, it's all a, a ploy, a psychops ploy. And BLM, which is what all of these sports entities have glommed on to, I mean, because the title says Black Lives Matters, you're supposed to think this is a good thing. Look, all lives matters. But, you know, if you're a Christian, all lives matters. I struggle with all lives matters. And I'm not saying I'm a super uber Christian. I'm new to the Christian faith. I'll be honest with you, just three years ago. I'll share that story some other time. But I struggle with all lives matters. And here's why. You know, in the Christian faith, all lives matter. That's a Christian doctrine, if you think about it, because the question, the age-old question of Hitler was at the pearly gates and asked if he can go to heaven and is asked to repent. And Hitler repents from his heart. He repents. Well, according to the Christian faith, Hitler is allowed in heaven. You know, Jeffrey Dahmer, if he atoned for his sins, truly atoned for his sins, he would be allowed. So that's where all lives matter. Now, I struggle with that. I'm a human. I'm a sinner. I'm not perfect. I struggle with that because I don't want a Hitler there. I don't want a Jeffrey Dahmer there. I don't want evil to penetrate the pearly gates of heaven. But if they truly repent, that's where all lives matter. Now, by saying black lives matters, well, you know, you're negating all the other lives. But it sounds good, right? I mean, it just sounds good. Black lives matter. Of course they matter. All lives matter. It's ridiculous to say otherwise. But then if you say all lives matters, oh my God, you're a racist. You're a racist. 
And it seems to be all these white leftist liberals that are calling other white people racist because they don't agree with them. I saw a TikTok where a guy put a white guy and a black guy standing up and they said, okay, now sit down. And the white guy sits down, the black guy stays, remains standing. So the, the commentator of this TikTok, who is just a complete buffoon, says, all right, so if you believe that that guy should have sat down, you're a racist, blankety blank. What? What is wrong with you people? You leftists have completely lost your shit. I mean, it is just unbelievable how far leftists have fallen off the cliff of, re cliff of reason and logic. So all Black Lives Matters has been going on. They are a Marxist group. If you don't know what Marxism is, it's communism. They've taken off on their website the about page where they want to get rid of the nuclear family. So where am I going with this? Uh, here's the headline. NBA likely to pull BML messages from courts, jerseys next season. Those messages will largely be left to be left to be delivered off the floor. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver announced Tuesday that when the league returns to play next season, Black Lives Matter's messages will likely not be displayed on the court or on players' jerseys as they have been this season. Silver made the remarks during an interview with ESPN's Rachel Nichols ahead of the Game 4 of the NBA Finals in Florida you're going to see all the other professional sport entities acquiesce on this as well. Why? Because they're losing millions of dollars. <laughs> they're losing so much money because of the ratings. Now here, you know, what's going to be interesting about this is it a little too late right now. Is it um, a little too little, a little too late as the saying goes. So that's one part. Fans aren't stupid. We, we, I'm not a fan, by the way, so when I say we, I don't mean me because I just don't watch professional sports. I do enjoy an occasional game or two going in person, but off TV, no interest whatsoever. Except golf. I can watch golf because I think it's amazing what those guys can do with a golf ball. But even golf acquiesced to the BLM. There was one golfer who was wearing shoes, one white, one black, uh, in uh, solidarity to the BLM movement. BLM is a horrible movement, by the way. And it's not that black lives don't matter. It's that the organization that is Black Lives Matters is a bad organization and has not helped the black community. But I, I, I digress. I don't want to get into that. So the, the NBA is the first. Now, NBA, um, their ratings are down like almost 50%. NFL just had a game. Thursday night game was down 70%. As I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, this is big money for these teams this is huge this is their revenue stream this is what it's all about so here's what's going to happen the fans all right you'll get a season you know you, you the break between seasons some people forget but most people lose interest because now that it's it's embedded they've pissed off so many of their fans with this blm's nonsense that how many will not come back some will but some won't but then what about the players I mean, what are their reactions? This was just announced yesterday. So what are the players thinking? You know, the LeBron James with their BL, Black Lives Matters t-shirt with all the players on their knees. Are they going to acquiesce? That is what's going to be interesting to watch. And you know what? If they don't, and I'm not saying they should. I don't care one way or the other. I'm just saying if they don't, fans aren't going to tune in. So the NBA, you made this bed. You got to lay in it. The NFL, hockey, all those sports entities that glommed on to this social justice narrative without any logic or reason, you're, you're going to pay the price. You're going to pay the price in revenue. Your revenue stream has dropped, and it's going to be a long time before that revenue. It'll come back. I mean, people like their sports.
regardless of what that USA Today writer said, people like their sports. All right, on the next segment, we're going to get into a little deeper, some more information that's come out about the debates. And uh, I'm going to show you who the real liars are. So um, thank you for listening to this segment of the PBL podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. And as Woody says, woof, in between, visit our website the PBL podcast, the PBL podcast.com. Click on our YouTube link and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We're going to be putting out videos and you want to be the one first alerted when those come out. Thanks for listening. Very excited to tell you about a partnership I have with Hollywood casting director Kathy Rinking. Now, Kathy, who's been in the Hollywood business since 1994, casting for films and televisions, has put together a workshop where she takes her acting chops and teaches business professionals charisma coaching. Now, Kathy has been working with actors for years, teaching them how to be more charismatic on camera. So why is charisma coaching for you, if you are in business and you are in front of people or your staff, your team is in front of people, whether it be through networking, public speaking, or even dealing with the media on camera, Charisma Coaching will help you uncover your natural sexiness. Yes, I said sexiness. It'll help you create chemistry in the room by making about the other person. It'll show you how to express vulnerability and still show strength, as well as control the adrenaline rush when they're either with a crowd of people or, again, talking with the media in front of camera. So if you are in business and your team is out there interacting, or if you want to develop a skill set where you're comfortable in front of a crowd and a camera, then contact Kathy at youritfactor.net or reach out to her via phone at 720-985-8852. That is youritfactor.net. You're going to love this workshop.